Chapter Fourteen of Faulkner's Folly by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fourteen, from seven to seventy. Listen, Joyce, dear, you are nervous and excited, or you never would do Mister Courtney such injustice. Think back, remember how he has always loved you long before you married Eric. How patient and good he has been never showing any undue interest in you or any animosity toward eric why then imagine that he would do this desperate thing that's just it beatrice he restrained his feelings as long as he could and that night in the billiard-room he he lost control and he said he he couldn't stand it you know he thought eric didn't treat me right and eric didn't but even if mr courtney did lose his head for a moment that doesn't mean he was the murderer and you mustn't suspect him joyce but you know what orienta said about a dark man with a pointed beard who else could it have been other men have dark hair and beards and orienta couldn't see him clearly you know i know and you are a comfort beatrice but i never can marry eugene if he has a shadow of doubt hanging over him i want him cleared of course you do and as he is innocent he will clear himself maybe not if he can't find anybody who saw him out there on the bench he will be arrested and-oh no he won't why somebody must have seen him if any of the servants had they would have said so they weren't asked what about barry oh i think barry was off in the other direction down by the orchards but beatrice maybe mr wadsworth saw him didn't he leave you just about that time yes or a few moments sooner shall i ask him oh no he's a fine man and if he did see eugene his word will stand are you going to-do you care for him beatrice no joyce he is as you say a fine man and he has asked me many times to marry him but i do not love him in that way i admire and respect him that is all poor mr wadsworth he worships the ground you walk on perhaps later when all this horror is a thing of the past you may change your mind never joyce but i'll ask mr wadsworth about eugene you telephone him to come over here if i do he'll take it as encouragement yes i know i'll do it joyce called him up on the telephone and wadsworth came over to the folly that evening why yes i think so he said when questioned by beatrice let me see when i left here i walked a couple of times round the italian garden pass hesitating as to whether i should come back for one last appeal or accept your refusal as final i decided on the latter course and was planning to go away on a long trip to-to make myself keep away from you he looked tenderly into the troubled face gazing into his own i don't want to persist too hard dear but i am of a determined nature and i can't give you up so i'm going away but i warn you i shall yet return and ask you once more yes once more beatrice that is in the future she returned gravely but now let us see if we can help poor joyce poor courtney as well now i think i did see him as i came along the south lawn i'm sure i saw some man on the bench out there and it was much the outline of courtney and yes i remember now just then the light went out and i couldn't see him clearly of course i thought nothing of the light being put out 
i assumed the people were going to bed but it was that that decided me not to return to see you again that night had the lights stayed on i fancy after all i should have entered the house again they were alone in the studio it was but partially lighted and beatrice shuddered as she looked around the great apartment come out of here she said i hate the place it seems to be haunted by eric's spirit come into the reception-room wadsworth followed as she went through the hall but detained her a moment what has become of your portrait painted on the staircase he asked it's in the studio she replied it isn't quite finished you know mayn't i see it not now some time stand on the stairs the way the picture is painted humouring his whim beatrice went up three steps and posed her hand on the balustrade as eric had painted her beautiful stannard was a wonderful genius i want that picture dear i don't care if it is unfinished if i can't have the original yet will you give me the duplicate no oh no and beatrice looked startled i'd hate you to have it with this staircase and all i thought you loved this staircase as an architectural gem yes mr faulkner prided himself on its design but now eric's death oh yes you stood right there when your attention was first drawn to the footman's queer actions didn't you yes i was just on this very step when i heard that faint moan oh don't remind me of it i won't i was a brute to be so thoughtless dear heart can't you leave this house why do you stay in a place of such sad memories i do want to go away and i must and yet joyce needs me she leans on me for everything come into this little room and sit down they went into the cosy low-ceiled reception-room and beatrice continued i was just thinking i could leave her when she became worried about mr courtney now if you can convince the police that you saw him out there just at that critical moment when the light disappeared you will establish his alibi can you do this i'm sure i can the more i think about it the more i feel sure that it was courtney i saw had he a hat on no but his hand on the back of the bench held a cap i saw this clearly for the light from the studio window was very strong but as i looked at the man the light went out understand i was not looking at him with any curiosity or even interest merely he was in my line of vision that is all when i could not see him because of the sudden darkness i thought no more of him and i went home then and you will go to the police and tell them this i certainly will the first thing tomorrow morning to-night if you prefer no wait till morning stay here a little longer i feel lonely to-night dear heart can't you learn to look to me to cheer that loneliness don't you promised you wouldn't but let's chat a bit tell me do you believe at all in spiritism spiritualism no spiritism they're quite different spiritualism is the old-fashioned table-tipping rapping performance spiritism is the scientific consideration of life after death of course i believe in life after death but do you think the dead can return and communicate with us by rapping and tipping tables no not at all by silent communion or by a restless haunting of places they used to occupy there didn't you hear a faint sound then a soft rustle as of wings 
no i didn't and neither did you that orienta person has you all unnerved i won't stand it i insist on your leaving this house if i see to it that the police are fully informed of my evidence regarding courtney will you get away at once i'd be glad to if joyce is willing i should go natalie is fond of me too but barry will look after her yes if mr courtney is freed of all suspicion i will go away at once roger wadsworth's story carried weight with the police who were already rather sceptical of testimony obtained from a clairvoyant and as courtney himself said to captain steele your precious detective roberts forced that woman to describe me even granting she had an hallucination or whatever those people have she didn't say anything about a pointed beard or evening clothes and no hat until he suggested it then she said yes if he'd said hasn't he red hair and freckles she would have said yes also it's auto-suggestion her mind was a blank and any hint took form of a picture which she thought she saw but since you've put me on the rack i'm going into this thing myself for reasons of my own i'm going to hunt down the murderer of eric stannard there's nobody on the job that has any push or perseverance young stannard doesn't want the truth known why i can't say nobody suspects him but from now on count on my untiring efforts i'm ready to work with you captain steele or with roberts or any one you say or i'll work alone but solve the mystery i'm bound to courtney's manner went far to convince all who heard him of his own innocence though bobsy roberts afterward growled something about protesting too much but when courtney said he would be at their bidding if they learned anything against him they agreed to let him go in peace to pursue his own inquiries and he went first to lawyer styles to look into the matter of stannard's will the first motive to consider courtney said to the surprised lawyer is always a money motive who benefits by this will aside from the principals styles produced the document and they went over its possibilities suddenly courtney started in astonishment have you noticed anything peculiar about this will he asked the lawyer looked at him with a somewhat blank expression just what do you mean he said ah then you have seen it were you going to let it pass unnoted i must ask you to explain your enigmatical remarks and i will do so that will has been tampered with and you know it tampered with don't repeat my words like a parrot yes tampered with the original written in mr stannard's own hand has been added to by someone else what makes you think so i don't think so i know so now why haven't you made it known you must have seen it where is the fancied alteration courtney looked at the stern face of the lawyer and wondered if he could be dishonest or if he had been blind he laid his finger on one clause the one stating natalie vernon's bequest and said there that is the place that was written seven thousand dollars it has been changed to read seventy thousand dollars lawyer styles peered at the words through his rubber-rimmed glasses it is in letters and figures both he demurred it would be difficult i know it is and it was not very difficult to add t y to the written seven and there chanced to be room for an extra cipher after the original knots thus giving the inheritor ten times as much as was intended by the testator well well do you as a reputable lawyer admit that you overlook a palpable fraud like that i'm sorry you saw that mr courtney 
in explanation i have nothing to say but justice to myself compels me to remind you that i am in the confidence of the stannard family and this is their affair not yours you courtney gave a short whistle i begin to see they know it and make no objection yes who knows it barry stannard and mrs stannard i can't say she read the will but made no comment you're sure barry knows i am and he stands for it because miss vernon did it that baby who'd think her capable of such a thing hush mr courtney you've no right to accuse her you've no evidence that she did it in fact i'm told miss vernon writes a large dashing hand in this and eric stannard's hand is small and cramped yes a clever forgery it looks quite a bit like his own writing but the ink is different the slant is different why a half-blind man could see the words have been changed granting that what matter if barry stannard doesn't care moreover he is going to marry miss vernon and the fortune will be theirs jointly but don't you see if natalie vernon altered that will she wanted that larger sum and she don't say it at least don't say it to me if you want to put the matter up to barry go ahead but i decline to express an opinion or form a conclusion what does barry say he ignores it i called his attention to it and he said changed figures oh i guess not it doesn't matter anyway that and more will be at miss vernon's disposal some day so i said no more eugene courtney went straight to joyce do you know anything about a changed figure in eric's will he asked bluntly no she returned what do you mean natalie vernon altered her bequest from seven thousand dollars to seventy thousand how could she it wasn't difficult eric wrote the will himself he wrote seven and she made it seventy the words i mean then he wrote a figure seven and three ciphers and she squeezed in another cipher mighty clever work but as plain to be seen as a blot on a letter what possessed the child don't call her a child the woman who could and would do that is a machiavellian petticoats but don't you see where the knowledge of her act leads us you mean joyce could not say it of course i do i've thought all along there was still a doubt of her oh i haven't even if she did alter the will that doesn't prove it doesn't prove anything but you know this will was made very recently of course natalie has only been here two months i know it well say eric made this bequest to her soon after she came you know joyce he was crazy over her from the very beginning yes i know it eugene and then when she got a chance she changed it and why why would she do this except to inherit at once natalie that dear little thing never i did suspect her the least might just at first but i don't now barry does oh no he can't he does and that's why he didn't want any fuss made about her forgery don't call it that it is that what else can i call it but i can't believe it maybe maybe somebody else did it barry nonsense why should barry do it when he fully intended to marry her oh i don't know 
it's all so confusing not confusing there's no doubt she did the forging but it's a terrible state of affairs i don't want to be the one to accuse her must you well i determined to sift things to the bottom to lay my hand on eric's murderer primarily to clear myself for your sake and too for the sake of justice and right i'll go now joyce i must think this out alone good-bye darling don't worry i'll do only what is right and what you approve End of chapter 14